Hi, everyone, and welcome to Talent Talks. On this episode, we're excited to be joined once again by Marion Spears Carr, Managing Director and Head of the Healthcare and Life Sciences Practice at Comar Partners. Mr. Spears Carr has over 30 years in healthcare executive recruiting and talent acquisition. He brings a distinguished set of skills in leading successful recruitment teams that specialize in nursing leadership, C-level, vice president, and senior director level searches. On today's show, Mr. Spears Carr shares his thoughts on a different type of diversity, diversity of thought. Marion will discuss what diversity of thought is and why all firms should consider it on top of the normal DEI initiatives and shares how it drives value into the firm. Marion, welcome back to the show. Yeah, it's great to be back. Thank you. So I I know you're really enthusiastic on this topic and and we have a lot to cover. We will jump right in with question number one, which is... Discuss how DE&I initiatives must be embedded within the culture of an organization and consistently demonstrated. And adding to that, discuss how leadership from the top down can hold themselves accountable to maintain standards. That's a a lot to unpack with that question. But I think one of the key things that we've seen over the last, you know, 10 years with this movement and focus on diversity and inclusion, and particularly the last few years, is a lot of organizations, most organizations have said, you know, we need, we need this. We need it as a part of our, our, our organization and part of our values. They've rewritten their core value statements. They've added chief diversity inclusion officers. They've done a whole, um, a lot of different things to demonstrate that. But one of the biggest challenges sometimes that we we've seen in in the in in the healthcare systems particularly but also in organizations outside of healthcare is that that's not where it needs to stop it um when you think about diversity and inclusion and equity it has to be become a uh, a measuring stick for all decisions that are being made about the governance of that organization the board needs to be involved the leaders need to be involved and it needs to be a part of what they are as an organization. In other words, it's not enough that they say that they are inclusive or are looking to be diverse, but in looking to support equity within their employment and within their organization, how they service their, their, their clients or their customers or whatever it might be. But it has to be really embedded in everyday activity. In other words, when they make a decision, they have to see it through the lens of DEI. Are we making a decision that's going to be inclusive and make a big difference for a particular patient population or a particular group? Or are we in a situation where we're we're just keeping our DEI in a box over here, we roll it out when we feel like we have to address problems? So I think that's part of, part of it. And then to the, in terms of the accountability part, it goes back to that lens. Um, you know, I've talked to uh, senior leaders at major organizations and my clients, some great people, just phenomenal people who are, are always have a heart for the work that they do. And one of the things they've had to do is take a step back and go, okay, I have a heart for what I do. I'm really excited about what I'm doing as a leader for this organization. But am I demonstrating that I believe in our core values do I, and are they part of my daily 
daily activity. I'm not saying they have to, you know, say, well, today I'm going to demonstrate that I'm supportive of DEI. <laughs> but what the, 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 it has to almost be endemic. It almost has to be a part of, did we make a decision? Did I treat someone appropriately? Did I treat them with, 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 um, the level of respect and understanding and care that I should. Mm. And, and I think that's, that's separating leaders. When, when you see that, when you could walk through an organization with them and you see them in that, in that light, um, it changes how, how, how they lead. It ch- changes how people follow them. Um, and I think that's, um, that's the leaders we need, you know, moving forward. What is diversity of thought and why is it an important consideration and how does this differ from typical DEI initiatives? I'm, I, I'm not an expert on DEI other, other than what I've observed and I've paid attention to, but diversity of thought really is this idea that there, there, there's reality that there's more than one way to think about, about something. Uh, it's understanding that the way each person interprets um, and interacts with the world. What is their point of reference? What is their worldview? Uh, my, my, uh, one of the areas that I work with organizations on is around gratitude and how we need to demonstrate uh, gratitude in a very meaningful and impactful and intentional way. But one of the key points of showing gratitude is understanding the point of reference of the individual that we are sending that gratitude Two and how so diversity of thought is and why it's, I think it's so important is why I've been on this particular soapbox. Diversity of thought is are we looking at other people when we try to lead them, when we engage with them, when we are part of of some project with them, working with them, or or serving them, or whatever it might be? Are we taking a moment to step back and think of? What is their point of reference? Where are they coming from? What what ideas do they have? And I think if you think about diversity of thought in that context, that opens the door up to go past uh, ethnicity mm-hmm. or or um, gender or whatever it might be. We it becomes. It's kind of an, if you will, all those things are critically important, right? All those things that, we, that are part of the traditional DEI movement is absolutely important. But if we sure. overlay this idea that people are coming from potentially a different point of reference and a life experience, then that opens us up as leaders to know more about who they are and include that in, in what we do. It's a, a concept that should be a no-brainer. To that extent... How can the idea of diversity of thought change how firms look at diversity and inclusion? It 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 opens the door to consider that everyone within the group provides some level of diversity in, in some capacity. For example, um, if we think of of a group of people, a small group of people, or you and I, Rob, we we come from different backgrounds, sure. we come from different parts of the country, we we have a different life experience. You and I, you know, have a lot in common, but from age and, and, and a lot of other things. But we also come from completely different life experiences. 
Right. So as if if we think of it in the terms of of okay, Rob has something to say that I want to listen to. I may not agree with it, or it may not be within my worldview or within um, how I see things, but it may open my eyes up to looking at a problem or looking at a situation very differently. And it's that being open, you know, open to where someone else is coming from and not just assume because they are of a particular race or particular gender or a particular age or have a particular uh, stereotype around them that they don't have value in the discussion or may have an idea that that is incredibly valuable to what we're trying to do. Marion, please explain how diversity of thought can also include an understanding of neurodiversity. Do you expect neurodiversity to be a topic of discussion in reference to DEI in the future? I think there's a lot of that going on right now. Um, yeah. I've been following it and very progressive. So neurodiverse, people that are neurodiverse, neurodiverse it's a wide range of people that come fall into that category. But for example, um, uh, if if they're somewhere on the autism spectrum, they they may look at things from a completely different approach. They may have their brain um, processes things differently. They come at it from a completely different perspective. I recently coached um, uh, a, a rising leader in in healthcare who just completed their masters of of of, of, of health administration. Incredibly bright mm-hmm. individual. Matter of fact amazingly bright individual and he shared with me that uh, um that that he he was autistic and he's the one that really opened my eyes to the neurodiverse space i wasn't really aware of it and there was some things that we he and i talked about around how he's perceived how he communicates how people um communicate with him how he processes etc and it, it really opened my, 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 my eyes and my brain, if you will, my brain, if you will, around this idea that when we think about um, uh, a population within our organizations that, that are neurodiverse in, in some capacity, um, we need to be cognizant of that. And, and they may bring something to, and they do, not may, they bring something to the table that, we're, we, that could add to what we're doing and allow us to be more inclusive by saying, okay, we celebrate where you're coming from. We celebrate what you, what uh, where you're coming from. I um, am very interested in the world of how the brain functions. Mm-hmm. I'm a survivor of traumatic brain injury, and I support uh, uh, as a volunteer programs around around that. So I've, I've been interested in that. But until I started, um, you know, volunteering to coach this particular individual. And and then started seeing some other people that I that thought leaders write about it. I wasn't aware of it at all. And I, and so I, and when we think about our hiring practices, we need to accommodate when we can those, yeah. those that that particular group. Wow, it's a great answer. Describe how you, as a white male, may not seem like a diverse individual, but how your experiences have influenced you to make you diverse in terms of your perspectives and thoughts. 
And I know that sounds incredibly controversial to talk about that for sure. someone to say, yeah, well, you know, well, I claim to be a white male or I claim to be, um, 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 whatever it might, you know, it might be. But here's, here's, here's where the nuance comes in. And this is where this is important. Um, you may be able to tell I have a fairly regional accent to, to <laughs> North Carolina. I'm, I'm a native of North Carolina. I live in the mountains of Georgia. I grew up in a very blue collar family. Um, I grew up that had a lot of influencers from the Appalachian region. One of those influences is um, related to what we're talking a lot about now called social determinants of health. Um, the, the culture was not all that great in terms of the food we ate and some of the lifestyle choices that my family members and growing up in a, a blue collar mill village, uh, in the seventies where everyone was poor was already our, our, my neighborhood was, um, was desegregated very early because everyone worked in the mill. I, mm. I, call, I bring a different life experience where on the surface you may be seeing me as a, you know, a baby boomer, white, um, educated, uh, business person. Yes, I, I do fit that particular category, but there's so much more in terms of my life experiences that I think we have to be really careful if we, t- in my mind, if we take our DEI efforts and use a palette, a color palette, if you will, to determine who falls into what category. We miss out on understanding um, a much richer um, point of view. And for example, I'm very interested now in the, all the work in healthcare around the social determinants of health and population health and addressing at-risk populations and culture. Um, and I think it's a long process for that uh, to to make changes and in, in generational changes. How do I have an interest in that? It's because I, I saw that growing up. I saw that in, in terms of my life experience as a, as a young younger person and around, you know, around my family and around the part of North Carolina I grew up in, around the culture that I still live in in the Appalachian region. So, I think we have to be really careful to go, well, you're, you come from, I see you through this land, so you must be like this. That's not always the case. I don't know if that, that makes sense, Rob, but that's, that's really how I, I try to frame that. No, it, discussion. It, it's, it's all fascinating. And, and once again, you bring such great answers to our conversations and I, I'm grateful. Marion, thank you again for joining us today to discuss diversity of thought. It was an extremely interesting conversation and take on DEI initiatives. It certainly should be considered here on out for any firm looking to get the most out of their talent, especially companies looking for diverse thoughts, thought process, and different perspectives. It certainly should be considered here on out for any firm looking to get the most of their talent, especially companies looking for diverse thoughts, thought process, and different perspectives. Anything you want to add before we wrap up? It's just, you know, you're, you're a fascinating person to talk with. Uh, uh, thank you. I'm just glad to be here. And I think for leaders, if you would just take a moment and, and look at your DEI efforts and say, are we really being inclusive? Are we really expanding um, who we include in discussion and how we see them and their point of reference, their leadership uh, 
skills will even grow further. So that anyway, I think it would be a better a better way to look at it. And I think the word I would use in wrapping up with you is enlightened. You you and you are enlightened, and you enlighten me as you talk. And I think that's important. Well, thank you. I'm very fortunate to have. It, you know, very fortunate to be in the work that I am and, and, and have an open, and, and someone, you know, one of my mentors said, you need to be more open-minded. And that's what started this whole journey. So thank you for that. Thank you for that observation. Bob. Well, keep opening those minds. That's all the time we have here today. Alongside Marion Spears Carr of Comhar Partners, I'm Rob Adams, and this has been Talent Talks.